Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Well, after that worship service, the only response is hallelujah. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Man. God, you are so good. Let's just take a minute. Father, we just, uh, we just take a moment just to, just to continue on in the, in the basking of your presence, in the moving of your spirit, in the stirring of our hearts and lives. We just, uh, God, we just are overwhelmed at your faithfulness. And uh, we just affirm, Lord, your greatness, your glory, your beauty. Uh, we've just witnessed and experienced so much depth already today. But I thank you, Father, for the stirring of the waters of our heart. Amen. Stirring the deep places within us, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. We don't just go through the form, God. We want an encounter with you. And we thank you that we're already experiencing it, but more is, is on the way. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Just lift up your hands and say, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so personal, so intimate, so one-on-one. God, we just love you and we thank you. And uh, we pray for the continuation of the moving of your spirit to set people free. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you know he's good and if he's been good to you and you know that, that God is doing things in your life right now by the power of his spirit, would you lift, just lift up a big, loud hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Lord. Well, let me explain the uh, T-shirt. Uh, normally, if you're visiting, I don't normally dress exactly like this. But uh, right before service today, I had a God encounter. Somebody brought me this. And when I read what was on the back of it, I was like, boy, God is so smart. And so before it's over, if you haven't read the back of this shirt already, I'll, I'll share it with you. And then you'll, you'll have a little bit deeper understanding of why I'm wearing this. Because uh, it goes along with what God has already said in the house today and um, what he's going to do. But, you know, also, I want to encourage you today, and maybe, maybe this will be a little bit different. You know, I love interactive. And uh, I, want you, I want to encourage you to be interactive with me today in this service. And so here's what, let me just kind of school you just a little bit. Uh, there'll be certain points in the message today where I might say, my praise is a weapon. And all you got to do after I do my praise is a weapon is go, my praise is a weapon back. Now, some of you who think, oh, I just, you don't know, I can't sing. You can sing that line. I don't care if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, you can repeat that. So let's, let's just try it. Let's just practice it. My praise is a weapon. All right, I believe we can do better. My praise is a weapon. All right. Man, I'm about to get excited already. 
You know, there's a, there's, there's a, wow, there's a, there's, there's a power in, in corporate, in corporate, it says united right here on the front. When people unite around the presence of God, it's amazing at what happens and we all contribute. So that's what we're going to kind of do today. We might do a little bit more too, but we've been talking about worshiping our way through it. And uh, the scene has already been set by the presence of God in the house this morning. As Gio came up, as Robbie flowed, as the worship team just amazingly blessed us off the charts, powerful stuff. Uh, and we've been talking about worshiping your way through it. And, and this is really part four of, of uh, uh, we've been talking about through it all. Everybody say through it all. And uh, we've been talking about not giving in to intimidation. Through it all, don't give in to the spirit of intimidation. To the roaring. We talked about not cursing your cure. When somebody else gets blessed, you get excited for them. You will never possess what you criticize in others. And what you criticize for others. If your life is blessed and overflowing, my life is blessed and overflowing. We talked about knowing that even when it seems like God is not speaking, He's working. I want you to say with me, more is happening that I can't see than I can see. You have got to believe that in the spirit realm. You've got to know that. This will help you through it all when you know these things. And then we said, when you're going through it, ask God for the next step. God, what, what is it you want me to do while I'm waiting? Waiting is not just sitting idly by, but it is, it is being attentive to his voice and hearing him. And then we said, and this is what we're going to tie in with today. We said, number five, that when you're, when you're going through it, when you, through it all, camp with the right crowd. Amen. Hang out with the right people. And we talked about uh, the story out of the book of Ruth. They left Bethlehem, Judah. They left the place of praise. Judah means praise. And because of a famine, they just decided things might be better down in Moab. And so they moved with, to Moab where this was not a place. Moab was not a place that you wanted to dwell if you were going through a famine, it might have seemed reasonable to them at the time to get a solution there, but they worshiped false gods. And so they went down and they started hanging with the wrong crowd and things began to happen. God redeemed it, but stay around people who will help you worship and praise and get into his presence. Can I get an amen? And so that, that ties in with this next part that we got about half of it done last week, and we'll try to finish it up today. We'll see. Uh, worship and praise your way through it. And that's where we started last week. And we defined, we gave you the Greek word there, which again, I am not a Greek scholar, but I have a Bible app that gives me every Greek and Hebrew word, and I can just do the same thing you do. Touch on it and find out what it means. Aren't you glad for the tools that we have in the church today? And so we found out that to worship means it's a derivative of a word to fawn or to crouch. That is to literally prostrate oneself in homage, to do, to, to do reverence, to adore, to worship, to lay yourself before him. 
And here's what I've discovered, folks. Our worship is our response to the revelation of God that we have in our lives. Think about that for a minute. We worship out of the revelation that we have of who God is. The more we understand who He is, the more we see Him as He really is, the deeper our worship will be. And so that's what we're discovering. In fact, worship, it's the outcome, watch this, it's the outcome of the value or work that we place on God in our lives. How much He's worth in our lives. The place that He holds in our lives. Uh, Another word that would be part of that, uh, uh, that goes along with it, that kind of describes it, is worthship. We ascribe worth to Him. Value to Him. So those are the things that we've talked about. Just kind of catching you up just a little bit for those that have not been here. But then we began to discover some truth out of the three Hebrew boys that everybody knows as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But we found out that that was not really their names. And we talked about some things in our, you know, just, gosh, we talked about so much over these last weeks. If you have a chance to go back and listen to the podcast, what we discovered was that there are going to be things in our life continually because of, of what worship is. And you can find this in the, in the, uh, uh, the Mount of Temptation with Jesus. Because of, of what worship is, there are going to continually be things in our lives that scream at us, bow down. I want you to bow down mentally. I want you to bow down emotionally. I want you to bow down physically. I want you to bow down psychologically. I want you to bow down. The continually things are going to scream at us in our lives. Bow down spiritually, emotionally, mentally, verbally, physically. And worship is about who and what we will bow our lives to on every level. Now, those three guys known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And this is important because their names had Hebrew meanings that brought glory to God and reminded people of who God was, who the real God was. And so they changed their names, the culture, the Babylonian culture changed their names and it was more about just changing their identity. They wanted to to, uh, disconnect them from the truth of who God really was. They didn't want their names to be reminding people continually of who God was. Y'all all all right this morning? Well, we review a little bit. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, their names mean Jehovah has favored who God is, and Jehovah has helped. So they, try, they, they change their names, and then this is what most people don't know. Most people know the story of the fiery furnace, but what they don't know is that before the fiery furnace, all three of these guys had just gotten a promotion. Daniel, and then these three guys had all gotten a promotion, and so... What was going on here was, it's one thing to say, you know what, I'm going to walk through the fire with God. But it's another thing to say, am I going to remain faithful to God even when people are giving me a promotion and everybody's wanting me to compromise and I've achieved a place of status. 
Y'all here this morning? So, they had just gotten a promotion. But here's what I've discovered. And boy, Drew touched on this, man. This is so good. If man gives it to you, man can take it away. (laughs) I don't want just a promotion from man. I want a promotion that comes from God's faithfulness and God's hand in my life. Because I got news for you. If man gives it to you, man can take it away. But if God gives it to you, man can do everything he wants to and he can't take it away. Wow. If God brings it, man can't take it away. And if man promotes you, man can demote you. But if God promotes you, look out. So the main point last week that we talked about and the thing we wanted to really make sure that we affirmed, and especially in our culture and in our day and in our time, when the enemy is hijacking language, he's hijacking, and listen, culture is hijacking the meaning of words. The meaning of institutions, what things mean and changing them. Well, did God really mean this? Did God really say that? Is this is really what that means? When things are changing like that, here's the thing we have to be careful about. Don't bow down to success at every level. Worship God. Don't let the attack steal your hallelujah and don't let the man-made promotion steal your hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you, I have, and I don't think he, he may not be here today, but uh, I'm going to talk about him just a little bit. Coach Skoda has been a man who has achieved great things in this state. He's known across the cultural lines, everywhere, schools, wherever he's been. But you know, the amazing thing about him, and the thing that I think I want all of us to grab a hold of is this. Anywhere he's ever been, anywhere he's ever served, he has never, ever, ever one time been shy about saying when he goes in for a job interview, when they're trying to, all these things, the first thing he says is, I am a Christian. And if that's not what you're looking for, if, that, if that's a problem, but you need to understand, I am an uncompromising Christian. What we need in our day, in our time, and in our culture, if you'll give me just a minute here to kind of go back, is somebody who will say in any circumstance, in any situation, I am a Christian. I follow Jesus. And that's what we're talking about here. Not even success, promotion, acclaim, and status can take away my hallelujah. But this, that's where we left off last week, so let's pick up these three guys and uh, today we're going to talk about, everybody say, no matter what. <laughs> so this is pretty much the rest of, of the story. So the king sets up uh, in Nebuchadnezzar. By the way, reading the story, Nebuchadnezzar, he was schizophrenic. I mean, this was a messed up dude. His thinking and the way he would react, you never knew what he was going to do from one time to the next. Man, that was a messed up guy. So, after the promotion, he sets up this huge idol. And then he says, if you don't bow, watch this, and get the contrast here, the type. He says, when the band starts playing the music, everybody better bow down. When you hear that band play, you have to fall down in worship. And if not, you're going in to a place called the fiery furnace. 
Everybody knows about the fiery furnace. But now think about that just a minute. These were three young guys who had everything in front of them in life. So easy to disassociate ourselves from the real life these people had to live. They had everything in front of them in life. They were, they were men. Uh, they were people just like us. They had, listen, they had dreams. They had hopes for their future. They wanted to live. And all of a sudden, they are faced with an unbelievable choice. All you have to do is bow down one time and you can go on with just the way things are. Just like everybody else. Bow down, worship this idol, and everything's cool. But if you don't do this one thing, it's game over and you're going to die. In Daniel chapter 3, listen to this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, old Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, if that is the case, if this is where we end up, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery, burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Everybody say, no matter what. But here's the beautiful thing about it. Worship of Jehovah God, praise of Jehovah God was so deep in them, so deeply embedded in them, they didn't even have to think about it and they didn't have to pray about it. And they didn't have to get a prophetic word about it. We don't even have to think about it. Why? Because our minds, our hearts are already made up. Long before there was ever a, a, a burning furnace, they already had a plan. And what was that plan? That plan was we're going to worship our way through it. Yeah. Tell your neighbor we're going to worship our way through it. They're, basically what they said was, King, we don't even have to talk about this. We don't have to get together and discuss it. We've already made our minds up. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. We have a plan, and here's our plan. We're going to worship God. No matter what. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter what religion says. And they decided we're going to do in the fire what we already do in our lives every day. And that is, we're going to worship God. We're going to praise God. You know, I've got to take a little diversion here. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Everybody, I mean, this has been preached out of so many times, people think there's nothing new in that. But let me show you a little bit different, different emphasis. Susan and I were fellowshipping over, over uh, the subject this week. And uh, boy, she got, man, she was just bringing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, she started talking about Jehoshaphat. Now, you know the story of Jehoshaphat. In 2 Chronicles 20, it says that uh, a great multitude came against Jehoshaphat. I mean, they were surrounded. They were in the fire. It looked like they were going to lose. And then in, uh, in verse 12, 
uh, Jehoshaphat, he calls the people together and say, we're going to seek God. Y'all stay with me. We're going somewhere today. <coughs> but he makes a statement. He said, yep, we're surrounded and we do not know what to do. Is anybody in the house that's ever been in a place that you don't know what to do? Anybody in that place right now? You're in good company. He said, we do not know what to do. But you know what he said after that? But our eyes are on you. Wow. And he makes a, a powerful statement there and he says that. And then the Lord speaks and says, do not be afraid for this great multitude. Isn't that awesome? God goes on to say, for the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. Now, here's, a, here's something that you have to watch out when you're processing that, that Susan spoke, that just, man, it just came alive to me. Sometimes we can think, oh, the Lord told me the battle is not mine, it's his, so I'm just going to hang out by the beach and eat, you know, ham sandwiches. Now, these boys wouldn't eat ham sandwiches, they were kosher, but... You know, I'm going to kick back, kick my shoes off, spend a couple of weeks at the beach, get me a suntan. Everybody be talking about me. The battle's not mine. The battle's the Lord's. But that is a misinterpretation of what actually God said right there. Yes, the battle is the Lord's, but he gave them instruction. Everybody say, preach it, Susu. <laughs> she said, they, and if you go on and read it, God said, now here's what you're going to do. My praise is a weapon. My praise is a weapon. <laughs> Man. God said, the battle's mine, but I'm going to give you a strategy on what you do that's going to affect this outcome. And he goes on to say, look, if you read on the rest of that uh, chapter, he appoints, what's this? He appoints and consulted with those who would sing to the Lord, who would praise him in the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. They weren't focused on the enemy. They were focused on God. They had a, 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 a laser focus on how great God is. It becomes so easy to get impressed with our problems. In fact, we like to play little games. Somebody will tell you, man, you know what I'm going through? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, but you ain't heard nothing yet. Wait till you hear what I'm going through. If you think you got it bad, let me tell you how bad this is. And what God is saying to them in the midst of this is, yes, there is an enemy out there. Yes, you are surrounded. Yes, you don't have any answers. But here is what you are to do. You are to focus on the greatness of our God. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. You'll go out, listen, and when they began to sing, when they began to sing, when they began to sing, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy and brought great victory to their lives. Somebody give God a shout of praise in this house. My praise is a weapon. Man, we forget about that. It's powerful. It says, they begin to sing and the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. Judah means God began to set 
ambushments against them. Well, we, we fellowship, we fellowshiped over that this week, and you know, we begin to realize. And I'm gonna get to this t-shirt in a minute. <laughs> These guys, just like Jehoshaphat, they plan to praise and worship their way through it. Folks, let me tell you something on a daily basis. Listen to this, and I'm gonna do more teaching this morning probably than preaching, but listen. Remind yourself you are a spirit being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body, but you are a spirit being, and we have to engage and interact with the spirit continually. Not just on Sunday. I'm talking about every day to interact with the spirit. That is not, it doesn't make you weird. Absolutely. To interact with the Spirit of God, you got some bring it. Come on. Well, he didn't say the most important part. <laughs> but what I, what I saw in this was that when God said the battle is his and not ours, that they didn't hide and see what God was going to do. They, took, they engaged in the Lord. They engaged in who they were as a people, and they moved toward victory. In their praise, they moved toward victory. They sought out victory. They didn't hide. They weren't afraid of the enemy and crouched down and said, well, God said the battle's here, so I'm just going to hide and cover up my head with the blanket. You know, but they moved toward victory. They rose up in confidence because the battle is his, not ours. But they went out, they engaged, and they raised their hallelujah to victory, and then they gained, they gained all the spoil. God just caused everything to go haywire in the enemy, and then they just gained everything. But we have to engage who we are and move out toward victory and not to hide. Come on. Say amen, Susu. I tried to get you to preach that whole thing, and I, I love it. Wow. Man, that's good stuff. My praise is a weapon. Mm-mm-mm. Remind yourself that you are a spirit being. That you have to engage and interact with the spirit continually, not just weekly, not just daily, but throughout the day, not just the bad times, but even in the good times. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath, with every breath that I am able, I will sing, I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing it again. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath I'm able, with every breath that I am able. I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing of the goodness of God. Give him praise if he's been good to you. Wow. Psalm 100 says, on your feet now, applaud God. 
Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is God and God, God. He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God, we sang about it this morning, his sheer beauty. Sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. Hallelujah, that's Psalm 100. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah didn't just believe in Jehovah. They believed in him enough to worship him and put it all on the line. The purest form of praise and the purest form of worship is no matter what. If I lose my job, if I lose my promotion, don't matter what happens, no matter what's going on, I'm still going to worship God. If we pray for our kids and it doesn't look like it's working out and they're going the wrong way, we're still going to worship God. If somebody, even a Christian that we love and respect, betrays us and hurts us and says bad things about us, we will still worship of God, no matter what, if we hurt, if we're afraid, if we feel alone, if we're persecuted, we will still worship him no matter what. Even if it feels uncomfortable, I'll worship him no matter what. No matter what, if everybody else is making fun of me at work, no matter what, if cultural correctness is screaming, you're out of touch, I will worship him no matter what. No matter what, if the people at my job make fun of me and call me a fanatic. No matter if your boyfriend or girlfriend says, if you don't stop this, I'm going to break up with you. No matter what, we will worship God. My body belongs to God. My spirit belongs to God. My soul belongs to God. In him I live, in him I move, and in him I have my being. I am made to worship. I am made to worship. And things will scream at you. Bow down. We're going to bow to him. So I want you to make a declaration. Everybody say, I worship him alone. No matter what. And you know, the bottom line is this. I'd rather be in the fire with the fourth man than alone in the compromise. Hence this t-shirt. Can you read that back? Everybody say, there's another in the fire. I'm, I'm looking at you and you're walking through it. But that's weird. I see somebody else. I see somebody else. You're, oh my God, you're not by yourself. Everybody say, there's another in the fire. We put, oh man, I'm getting ahead of myself. I can't help it. Everybody say, I worship him alone. No matter what. And here is what we missed out of John chapter 4, verse, about, about verse 23, where the scripture talks about in the woman at the well. And Jesus said, let me tell you. The hour is coming and it's here now when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And watch this. And then he goes on to say, for the Father is seeking. That 
That word for seek means to inquire for. Almost as if somebody's asking about you. You ain't got that yet. That word seek means to inquire for. Search for something hidden. How many of you know, wouldn't you like to hear somebody say to you, you know, somebody really important was asking about you the other day. Oh, come on, church. Somebody really important, somebody high up was asking about you. I got news for you. When you worship God, when you praise God, especially when you worship him in the fire, he starts to inquire. I believe on a whole nother level. He starts saying, what? Ooh. Something coming up before the throne right now. Where are they? Oh, they're in the fire. Here I come. He is seeking such to worship him. God doesn't just seek worship. He seeks worship. Wow. Somebody is asking about you, and it's the fourth man in the fire. So no matter what, we're going to worship him because he is still God. And they made this declaration. They said, you know what? We believe God can, and we believe God will. But regardless, know this, we're not going to bow down. So Nebuchadnezzar says, okay, guys, fine. Have it your way. Turn it up seven times hotter. And fire was hot before, but it's even hotter now. The heat was so intense that it killed the guys that threw them in. But then the rest of the story that you know is this. Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he said, didn't we throw three guys in there? They answered and said to him, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose. There's a real subtle thing right there. He didn't say, I see four men bound. He said, I see four men loosed. They bound them. They tied them. They threw them in. In the midst of the fire, when he looked in, he saw four men loosed. Everybody say, loose for God's glory. Wow. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Now there's a lot of debate about whether it's an angel, whether it's Jesus. I mean, he wouldn't have known who Jesus was, but whatever it was, it was a supernatural intervention of the presence of almighty God. There was another in the fire. There's another in the fire. Like this shirt says, the presence of God is our strength in the fire. God is enough, but they were loose for the glory of God. Their ropes burned off. My praise is a weapon. And as I was meditating on this, I got to thinking about something. Paul and Silas got dragged into the prison. They were in the marketplace. They cast a demon out. And the next thing you knew, they were in jail. But listen to this. They didn't just put them in jail. I'm watching my time. They put them in the inner prison. Now, 
darkness is one thing, but when you're in the inner prison in this time, in this, se- in this season, that's as dark as dark can be. It's dark so thick you can feel it, taste it, touch it. Sewers, open sewers. Study it sometime. You're talking darkness, gross darkness. They didn't just put them in prison. They put them in the inner prison. In the middle of something bad. In the middle of that inner prison. Some battles, listen, some battles are surface battles. But some battles are inner prison battles. And as I was praying over this message this week, I felt like there are some people in this house today and some who are listening who have had some really, really deep, dark battles and some of the hurt and pain of your inner prison has come out of religious culture. Church hurt. Can I come on with it? Some things cut you deep. Some things cut you deeper than others. Some words cut you deeper than others. Some battles you're not just in. They just didn't throw you in the first cell they came in. They took you to that inner prison. Prison is the one thing. But the inner prison is another. They're in deep. They're in dark. And there are people who have experienced a deep darkness from a religious culture. And you know what? You might have even gotten hurt here. I promise you, if it happened, it was unintentional. But it can happen here. It can happen anywhere. And this speaks to that. They're in that inner prison, that place of anger, hurt, resentment. It will keep you in that inner prison. They could have been, watch this, but they could have been in the midst of that meditating on the wrong thing. But the amazing thing is this. They begin, the Bible says they begin to sing hymns of praise to God. It's, it was dark, it was smelly, and they begin to worship God. They begin to praise God. Now watch this and let's contrast this. Let's compare this too with the three Hebrew boys, with Jehoshaphat, and then also what happens here. Because uh, you know the story. As they begin to sing, Teddy, what happens, you know? The next thing you know, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis. No, that's not a Jerry Lee. That's a God anointing. Jerry Lee Lewis didn't come up with that. Some of y'all saying, who is Jerry Lee Lewis? Never mind. If you're not old enough to remember that, I won't even try to explain to who he he was. They begin, the Bible says they begin to sing praise to God and the other prisoners heard them. And when they did, here's the thing that I believe that happened. Just as in the same case with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, When God heard their praise, when he heard them worship, 
as that praise began to arise before him. They were sitting in a jail cell in the inner prison, but they weren't sitting alone anymore. And here's the thing about God. How many of you believe God's a big God? How many believe he's a great God? How many believe he's a glorious God? I don't care how tight and dark your prison is. I don't care how isolated your prison is. And I don't care how constrained and refined this narrow place that you find yourself in is. When God decides to sit down with you and take a seat, when he decides to sit down where you are in that moment, and when God begins to spread out his feet, and he begins, he, all he's got to do is just show up, and the next thing you know, the God just kind of takes the seat, spreads out, and the shackles begin to fall off. The ground begins to shake, and the door swung open. God inhabits the praises of his people. My praise is a weapon. Isn't that awesome? Because here's what I've discovered. When you experience things that you don't have the answers for and you worship and you praise your way through it, God's going to show up big time. Even when you don't understand it. Anybody can praise in the palace, but not everybody can praise in the prison. Listen to this. I love this out of Isaiah. One of my favorites. Sing, O barren. I said, sing, O barren. Wait a minute. Barren? Sing? Yeah, sing, O barren. You who have not born, break forth into singing. Cry aloud. You have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. In in that place of barrenness, sing and then begin to enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtain of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you're going to expand on the right hand and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nation. Nations, You'll make desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. Sing, O barren, my praise is a weapon. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. Listen to this. Nebuchadnezzar comes and he looks into that fiery furnace. And he begins to say something. This is so powerful. This is so powerful. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come out here. So they come out. And the kings and the governors and the leaders and the counselors are all gathered around them. They saw these men on whose body, what's this, the fire had no power. And the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And this last last part is what I really want to get a hold of. They didn't even smell like smoke. There are some people who have been through such darkness that you think, I'm not, even if I get out of this, I'm, I'm messed up and I'll never be the same. I got news for you. When that fourth man in the fire shows up before it's over as you worship and as you praise and as you invite him into that place 
that's trying to overtake you and destroy you and ruin you. Watch this. You, you can come out on the other side of this. Watch this. And no, you're not going to be messed up for the rest of your life. No, you're not going to be goofed up for the rest of your life. No, you're not going to be in bondage for the rest of your life. In fact, you're going to come out. Boy, I'm about to get excited. You're going to come out. And on the other side of this, not only are you not going to be messed up, when people come around you, they're going to go, People will look and know what you have walked through. How can you have been? How can you have been through what you have been through? Yet when I come up and I, you don't even smell like smoke. Please tell me. Please. <laughs> Oh, please tell me that there's hope for me in the fire. Please tell, please tell me that there is a light that will shine on me in the dark prison. Oh, please let me know. Oh, my God. I know I'm getting carried away, but I just can't help it. Please let me know that not only am I called Harold to survive it, I'm called to come out on the other side and thrive it. What a witness. I remember, boy, and some of you were here. Back in, it was, it was a dark, dark time. And I'll never forget the very week a banker set from Texas set and looked at us and said, don't take any furniture out of that place. You make sure that you get me keys to everything, every building. Because we're going to repossess it. We're going to take it. And uh, just make sure that you're not trying to get rid of stuff because we're going to shut you down. Told that man sitting right there, he said, you need to get letters ready to send out parents at that time. This was in probably 1989, 90, right through there. He said, you need to get ready to send letters out to let them, they're going to have to find, they're going to have to find another place to go send their kids to school. Man, that was, that was the furnace. That was, that was (laughs) as dark as you can get. But you know what we did? That next Sunday, I know, and people, you know, not everybody knew about it, but I'll tell you what we did. We just decided. Walked up on the stage. We worshiped God. We danced. We praised and we worshiped God. And you know what we declared? Though the fig tree shall not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vine. Oh, come on. Though the measure of the olive fail. And I'm telling you, we decided that exactly what that scripture, what is that, Zephaniah, I believe, I want to say one of those, one of those Nias. 
The last part of that verse is this. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Christ the Lord is my strength. And you know, I'm not bragging on us. I'm bragging on God because it took God. But I want you to know you can look around and everything here is paid for. My praise is a weapon. And I tell you, I have to tell you this. It's been about four years ago now. Tim, it was, Brother Tim, it was surreal to me. Because I, I had to go, had to go uh, uh, pay, a, pay off a personal loan at the bank. And I went in the bank and the guy saw me there and he hollered at me. He said, come on in here just a minute. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great. He said, I just wanted to tell you that uh, if y'all need to borrow any money out there, we sure would like to help you out. I wanted to go. My praise is a weapon. <laughs> Let me tell you what, what, what. We couldn't get anybody to help us. Somebody say, but God. Oh, I, I went and listened. Let me tell you, to this day, that was, I don't know how many years ago that was, Robbie, but I took that guy, he gave me his card. That card stays underneath the glass on my desk so I can look down at it right there and see every time and remind myself, not only, not only can you come out of the fire, not only can you come out of the inside of the darkest prison that you could ever imagine, not only can you come and, 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 and experience the goodness of God, but when you do, you'll come out on the other side and not only will you not have to ask for somebody to borrow money, they'll be asking you, can we please lend you some? I was trying not to laugh when he was talking to me. God is faithful. They came out, watch this. And the smell of the fire was not even on them. Folks, our testimony is going to be after what we've been through, after what you've been through, after what you've walked through, Bob, you're going to come out on the other side and you're not even going to smell like smoke and people are going to come around and take a whiff and want to know what's going on. That's how good God is. I'm telling you, God's radically good. God's amazingly good. God's incredibly good. And when we praise through it, when we worship through it, it changes everything. Now, let me finish with this. You go back and you read the story, and I won't take time, but you know, after they had gotten thrown in the fiery furnace again, they came out and they got another promotion. But guess what? They had set the standard. When any question anymore, your promotion isn't about, isn't just about your greatness or fame. It's about influence. Young people, hear me. God promotes you, don't compromise. 
And Susan touched on this already. Back to Jehoshaphat, when he stayed faithful and God delivered him. Listen, your praise has a payday. We don't do it because of that, but it does. It's a byproduct. Your praise has a payday. These guys got a promotion. Your promotion isn't about your greatness or fame. It's about influence. Who are you going to influence? Got to tell you one more story. Influence is an amazing thing. We said this last week. Who has the mic matters? Who has the camera pointed at them? Matters. Who's influencing? Matters. I was, me and uh, Susan and, and Henry. Henry's our four-year-old grandson. And if you, knew, if you know Henry, Henry's four going on 14. He's just amazing. He's just incredible. So Henry decided he's going, I, I'm, so what I'm doing is I'm, there's a cover on our pool. And this, I was taking it off from the winter. And the, the pool cover, you take it off and it's spring-loaded. So it's tight. And you take it off with a metal, heavy metal iron pipe that has a notch on the end. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And so I was, Henry was out there, and, went, and Henry's awesome because whatever I'm doing, he wants to help. It's precious. He follows me around, and we tell him, we want, and, and, and Matthew and Suzanne are teaching him to earn money now. So that, you know, hey, you do chores and you'll learn. And so we're doing that, Brother Bill. And, and so I'm talking about influence now. I put that pipe on that one of those. And I've done it all the time. Some of you know where this is going. And when I, and, and Tab, when I pulled that spring-loaded, that thing slipped. And it, that pipe, that heavy metal pipe, hit me right on it threw it and it hit me right on the ankle bone. <laughs> oh, you spiritual people. I tell you. Y'all so holy, 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 holy. I know all of you. You just your first reaction is, well, glory. I mean, it hit me on my ankle bone. And I went, good boy. And I looked, and Henry was looking right at me. Oh, I went, oh, good. Henry. Holla, Henry. And I mean, literally, man, I was... And what was even, and I was, it wasn't hard to laugh because I'm telling you, buddy, that was painful. But then I realized in that moment, influence. Little ears are listening. Their little vocabularies are expanding at a rapid rate. And I can hear him in children's church now. My papa said... When he walked himself on the ankle, guess what he said? Guess where I learned that word from? (laughs) Influence. And the funniest thing, he looked up at her and said, I bet that's really going to (laughs) hurt.
Our promotion is about influence. Our elevation is not just about our ambition. Boy, Andrew touched on that so powerfully this morning. You know, be careful of desiring promotion and success and all of these things to try to prove something to people who really don't matter anyway. Man, come on. You know, there is, there is listen, you, you look at the life of these guys that we study, the people that we studied today. All of them were completely secure in who they were enough to praise God no matter what it cost them and realize they were somebody even if nobody else thought they were somebody. Boy, that is good preaching. Man, Paul and Silas, you know what? They sang at midnight. The time between the changing of of times and days, those seasons at midnight, the darkness at night can be powerful. Not the best of times, but at midnight, in the middle of a bad thing, in the middle of a situation, these people remain faithful to God. And so I want to encourage you, as I'm encouraging myself, and that is, if God desires to elevate us, we will remain true to who we are in Him no matter what. If we go through the fire, we'll remain true to Him no matter what. If they throw us in prison, we'll remain true to Him no matter what. What can take away my hallelujah? What can take away my hallelujah? What's this? No darkness can contain my hallelujah. Your cross has made a way for my hallelujah, my hallelujah. I want you to do something for me this week. And you don't have to be just obnoxiously belligerent with it. But you know what? Go into work. And if you have to, go over in the corner and shout hallelujah. Get in your truck. And shout hallelujah. I tell you what, my truck, it knows how to process some stuff. And it ain't all been good either. Been some darkness. Been some times when I've talked to that truck and, and said, truck, I want to make sure you got my back. Don't you let this out. Don't you tell, don't you tell them what I'm going, don't you tell them, but before it's over, I'm saying ain't nothing going to take my hallelujah. Let's have church up in here. And I know some of you are saying, oh, but you don't understand. Listen, you may not can carry, you may not can sing it all, but I got news for you. We have access to so much. All you got to do, you don't even have to put in a CD anymore. And listen, you can believe this if you want to. You don't have to. It don't matter. But I'm just telling you the truth. I've had times that my phone just arbitrarily started playing a praise song just to get my hallelujah cranked up again. I was in the gym one day. And the next thing I know, that thing was, and I'm, I had to put my hood up over my head because I got caught up in the presence of God so beautifully. I just began to weep. 
Yeah, amen. Come on, brother. Folks, I'm going to tell you. God said he'd have a peculiar people. And if you read the rest of that, that peculiarity talks about praise. That they will show forth the praises of him who brought them out of darkness and into light. There is not a step of any place in your life where God's presence hasn't been there for you. I'm talking about the darkest dungeon. I'm talking about the most fiery furnace. But I'm also talking about the highest promotion and elevation and blessing that you've ever had. Worship your way through it all. Stay true to the God birthed you. And in a day and in a time and in an hour and in a culture, I've got to go back from to last week and just mention this. When they're trying to change our name, they're trying to say, oh, you know, there's you, you guys, you Christians, you're just... You're just so dead set on this, this one God and, and that they're, you know, what about all these that listen? There is no God like Jehovah. There never will be another God like Jehovah. Jehovah is going to rule and reign. He is God and there is no other God. And I don't care. We're going to worship him. Our worship and praise in this house is not for sale. To the latest opinion poll of what everybody thinks we ought to be saying and what we ought to be doing. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God to deliver and to set you free. Some of you young people, you know, I want to pray over some of you, but some of you young people, you're going forth into your future. You're launching out in careers, in places. Stay true. Just stay true to who God called you to be. I'm telling you, it's life-changing. And if you want Him with you 24-7, man, I tell you, just stay in praise. Stay in worship. Stay in that place. But I want to specifically pray for people. And I almost didn't even go this way because I thought, God, I can't believe there'd even be hardly anybody. That, But if you've been hurt ever in your past in church, wounded deep, and felt like at times that prison tries to capture you again of that hurt, that darkness tries to overwhelm you, I want to specifically pray over you today. There is deliverance for that wound, for that deep place. I'm going to tell you, church, religious life can be cruel. It can be brutal. God's here to heal. And let me tell you, enough of smelling like smoke. It's time for the fragrant oil of the Holy Spirit to birth a freshness in your life. That stuff's not going to have power over you anymore. Let's all stand up. to say about this but I just keep feeling like that there's y'all are you're holding on to unforgiveness that some of you are 
holding on to unforgiveness. And we can't let that define us. We can't let unforgiveness define us. I can't remember what year it was. It didn't really matter. Like around 1984, um, something happened. Somebody hurt me very deeply, and it really had the possibility of changing the course of my life. And um, I just kept going to the Lord about it. You know, I was so distraught. At the time, I would just go to the mall, and I would just walk, and I just felt like a zombie. You know, I didn't know what to do with myself, and it was, it was shaping me. And, um, I, I, you know, you try to do the right thing to forgive, and you know you're not forgiven. It's so, the wounds feel so deep. And uh, I went to the Lord, and I just told Him I was willing. God, I don't want to forgive. It's wrong, but I'm willing to do this. But you got to help me. And the Lord spoke to me as plain as day. This is a funny story. I was sitting on the bathroom counter cutting my toenails. You know, like, let's not get religious here. And the Lord spoke to me, and I was just, as I was doing that, I just was like, my heart was just crying out to Him. And I said, God... You know what this is. You know how badly it hurts. I mean, this could like, it just could change everything in my life. And I said, I'm willing to forgive, but you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to help the remembering of it. And the Lord said this very simple thing to me, and it it changed everything. And he says, you can forget it ever happened. And from that day to this, that person, like I, I loved her with a pure love probably like not anybody else. And talking about a God thing, I mean, we don't have that within us, but it was a God thing, and it opened up my life. But somebody said one time that when we walk in love, it's like throwing a rock into the ocean. You don't even hardly notice. You know, and that's where God wants us to be in our life, is we walk in forgiveness. you got to realize it's stopping, it's putting a hold on your life to harbor unforgiveness that we've got to let it go and whatever you got to do you got to get with somebody pray through I don't know but the main thing is to get in the face of Jesus and say God I want to do this I'm willing and even I'm willing to be willing whatever it takes just to, to pursue it and do it by faith and keep giving it to him and let him speak to your heart let him speak to those deep places of your heart and to go forth and quit wanting those people to be punished. That's God's job, you know. And it's a, it's a fear, too. Like, we want to feel like we didn't do anything, and God, you're supposed to take care of this, and I'm supposed to, like, be elevated because they did wrong and I did good. But, you know, the kingdom of God just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. I can't tell you how many times I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. Please understand, I'm saying this to help you. I've been there. I've done that. Then we got to humble ourselves. And we got to be willing not to be seen, not to be heard, and to do the right thing all the time. And when you do that, you're going to get peace in your life and God will take you where he wants you to go. And you're going to have freedom. When you get rid of fear, it opens up your life. And and unforgiveness will keep you in fear. That stuff follows you around all the time. It is sub-Christianity. It's what it is. And God wants to take us way beyond that. You are more than that. You are more than what that person did to you or said to you. You are way more than that. And God wants to lead you out of that. Don't let that hold you back 
from what God has called you to. We, God loves you. We love you. Just don't let it hold you down. You're beautiful. Your life is beautiful and it wants to unfold. And don't let unforgiveness keep you buried. Okay? Let me just pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for your amazing love. I thank you that your love is like that ocean in our life, Lord. The people, they can throw darts at us. They can throw stones at us. And God, we don't even hardly notice. Father, I just thank you for that baptism of love, that we are your children and we can ask for that and we can believe for that and expect it. And I just thank you that every person at this altar that is having a problem with unforgiveness, Lord, that you just take them by the hand like we would our own children and you're going to talk with them and you're going to lead them out and you're going to give them confidence and you're going to show them who they are, that they can rise above that, that they don't have to be sub anything. And I just thank you for it, Father. Just cover them, cover them, Father. Just wrap your arms around them like a warm blanket and speak your words of love in their ear. And I just praise you and I thank you, Father, for just testimony after testimony of your goodness and your grace and your love, Father, because you shine on them and you want them to shine on others. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org. 